0: Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rocos and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. Today's episode of Eat Right with Laura is going to be about gut health and I, I know I've talked about this topic in the past. But today is really special because I have a guest today, uh, Richard Lozano, who's a registered dietitian, and we're going to introduce him. So, hey, Rich, how are you?
1: Hi, Dr. Laura. Thank you for having me today. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. Um, now, have you. you all know how to contact me. So my website is eaglerock.com, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. And just go to the website. You could share your email address with us if you'd like to be on the Eagle Rock Nutrition Newsletter. Or you could just send us a message and you'll be connected or you could book an appointment. So, Rich, why don't you tell my listeners how they can contact you?
1: Sure. So the best way to contact me, guys, is is actually on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Detox. It's all one word. Again, it's at The Weekly Detox, just like it sounds. Uh, Please contact me. You can also email me at ril1415 at gmail.com and I'd be glad to answer any preliminary questions and let you guys know uh, how I approach my patients who are looking for nutrition counseling.
0: Uh, So Rich, can you tell us about uh, the practice where you work?
1: Yes. So I work out of a wellness center called the Wellness Center of Northwest Jersey in Northwest Jersey, Randolph, New Jersey. And I rent space there actually and run my own practice through there with some great colleagues, great mentors, and we do a lot there. So we basically, we're registered dietitians and we uh, do everything from nutrition counseling to blood testing to genetic testing along with some other... Very interesting things such as stool panels too, which we're going to get into today. And uh, that's basically what I do. Some presentations here and there and help people reach optimal health by quantitating what's going on with them versus just educated guesses I guess.
0: Uh, So let me just tell you how I found Rich. Um, So I gave a lecture in uh, one of the surrounding towns and one of the attendees in my audience um, uh, just something that I was talking about resonated with her. She went back and told her nutritionist who is Rich here (laughs) uh, about my presentation and he circled back with me and we've had a pretty good uh, pretty healthy alliance ever since so he's he's invited me to his place of business and I've invited him to my place of business and we now share some services. All right, and we have some pretty similar interests and gut health is certainly one of them. Mm -hmm. So let's just get started so that my listeners can learn a little something from you that they haven't learned from me. So Rich, when you see your patients, when your patients come to the office, uh, tell me like maybe like three symptoms that they present with that tells you that they have poor gut health.
1: Yeah, good question. So the very first thing I notice is that people do not poop enough. We have to talk about this people. It is gross, it is nasty, but it's real. People will be so quick to just not to get a little gross here, but people would wipe their nose if it's if a booger's hanging or if you have something in your back of your throat, you're gonna clear it out. But how come people are so uncomfortable to just go to the bathroom? I don't care if you're in public, wherever it is, you have to use the bathroom. So that's the first thing that I notice with many of my patients actually that come in. Number two is acid reflux. I see that in, I would say, 90% of my patients. And a third one I would say is bloating and gas all the time with everything they eat. And then it's unfair because they blame it on that individual food when it goes much deeper than that, which we may dive into today.
0: Yeah, so that's really funny because those are the exact <laughs> three things that I was thinking of, and I know oh, I've, wow. I know I've mentioned the same, in the same order, the same <laughs> symptoms, and that people are not paying attention to their bowel habits. Yes. All right. So when when they present with those three symptoms, all right. So what are some of the solutions that you suggest um, to alleviate those symptoms so rather than just uh, you know what most doctors do is provide you know a medicine mm-hmm. that masks the symptoms that alleviates the symptoms but doesn't really solve the root of the problem yes so rich tell me what you're telling your patients to the, do
1: the first thing and I'm telling you this is a hundred percent of my patients if I had to estimate Uh, people are not hydrated properly. The colon is where you suck up water. So if you're not hydrated properly, that stool is gonna be very hard to get out and you're gonna be constipated. And to make it worse, if you hold it in, your body holds in, sucks up more fluid because you're given more time for the colon to do its job. So it becomes even harder making the situation worse. So hydration is the first thing. Always tell my patients to hydrate properly, but I'm not gonna get into it because we don't have time today, but there is a proper way to hydrate. And I would love to discuss this if anyone has any questions about it because aquafina dasani pollen spring and most waters that say filtered or spring water are not the proper way to hydrate which i learned recently in the past uh, couple of months which blew my mind about hydration so even I wasn't hydrated properly.
0: So I'm just going to throw in um, something that I've mentioned before that there's a hormone called antidiuretic hormone, which is the hormone that you make that prevents you from peeing all day long. All right. So when you drink alcohol, so Rich here is talking about the importance of hydration. I just want to remind you that because it's a holiday weekend week, that alcohol inhibits this antidiuretic hormone. All right. And so what happens when you drink? You're drinking, which is making you go to the bathroom just because you're filling your bladder up with fluid but then you're inhibiting the anti-diuretic hormone so that makes you pee even more and all that urination is drying out the content of your colon Mm -hmm. so in the morning after a big after a, a, a bender like that in the morning not only are you going to be dehydrated you're going to have a wicked case of constipation and the longer the content of your colon sits in there the more damage it will do. Do I have read that some doctors think that if you regularly only go to the bathroom three times a week, that's okay. That's not okay. That's so bad. so bad. Because all those carcinogens in your stool are going to stay in that colon. Mm -hmm. All right, so hydration number one. What next, Rich?
1: Number two is their micronutrients. So what is a micronutrient? People probably have heard of macronutrients, which is what? Protein, carbs, and fat. And you could say ketone bodies are a fourth macronutrient, and water is the fifth, I guess. But then micronutrients are all the vitamins and minerals. So if you don't have enough vitamins and minerals such as magnesium or certain D vitamins, you're going to have a problem with constipation. So you can eat very healthy. You can have a lot of fiber and all that. But let's say you have some micronutrient deficiencies. We can test for that, by the way. And uh, if you have them, that's going to be a second problem. So I do look at my patients' micronutrients and uh, get their blood work to check this out. That's the second approach. So hydration and micronutrients, I would say, are the two big two. There's many that we do, but those are two that I look at immediately. Um, There are many others as well. Okay. So I would say hydration, micronutrients. So
0: this is one of the benefits of talking to other registered dietitians because I've adopted Rich's micronutrient testing panel, Mm. and I love it. It really is super straightforward and super simple. You just go see your registered dietitian, and they could either have, have your blood drawn right there in the office, or the phlebotomist can come to you and you can get your micronutrients tested, and they use a functional cell-based assay. So it's yes, not just looking at the levels of nutrients in your blood at that moment, it's using a functional cell-based assay, and I'm all about functional cell-based assays, right, to tell you if your nutrients are doing their job.
1: For the past four months, by the way. Right, so 20, yes. So 24 hours for a serum draw, Four to six months, actually, for a white blood cell draw. And that's what this company use, does that that's we use. Right. So, so come
0: to... What's the name of your company again? Uh,
1: RL Whole Nutrition. Yes. The, you guys can look me up by... At the Weekly Detox. That's my main go-to. Yeah. To, to communicate.
0: All right, so third thing. What's the third thing? Third
1: thing, easy, fiber. Yes. people don't know what fiber is. (laughs)
0: Food, because we're talking about your food. Yeah,
1: so this is the food part. So fiber is huge. People don't, this again, this is going back in time, but the word starch has been demonized. And it should not be demonized because the benefits of it are unbelievable. One example is beans. Everybody knows the bean song. We're not going to sing it today. But beans are insane because they are a starch, but they do not raise your blood glucose like people think and they actually help you to go to the bathroom because they selectively feed your good bugs that help you move your bowels. So people don't understand that there's a feeding part that you have to feed. You have to feed your bugs, you gotta feed yourself. But if you don't feed those bugs, they are not gonna survive and help you go to the bathroom and detox. So where does the fiber come in? Fiber helps feed those bugs by allowing them to proliferate and grow so that they can do all this cool stuff for you like help you go to the bathroom, help you detox, help you make neurotransmitters, help you make vitamins, guess what? They actually extract the nutrition out of your food and make vitamins and minerals for you, which is really cool. So you gotta have these fibers. Uh, We call them in the uh, nutrition community, we call them resistant starches. So those are a carbohydrate, again, not demonized. Those are carbohydrates that are so resistant for us digesting them that only the bugs can digest them. So when you feed them like that, that's where you get the ultimate benefit to really help relieve constipation. So third thing I would say Dr. Laura, is that I analyze their resistant starch intake by asking the particulars of what kind of foods they all eat. Oh,
0: right. And so, so, you know you know that Dr. Laura is the food scientist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're all over resistant starch. Yes. So, um, I'm going to be going to the biggest food science convention next week. It's where all the food purveyors come together and show their new nutraceuticals and functional foods. They're going to be all over prebiotic fibers yes. and resistant starch. Uh, and so, some of the other um, resistant starches come from banana. Yeah, let's go over some, yes. So so banana, potato starch and some resistant starches actually come from corn, not the genetically modified <laughs> corn that you get in the United States. Yeah, corn no. that comes from like Australia that's not genetically modified. So we're all about resistant starch and prebiotic fibers. And so what do you have to say about along those lines? Uh, A
1: couple more foods that I actually purposely ask my patients to eat deliberately, literally, like yams and sweet potatoes. You have multiple yams, by the way, people. So if you think it, if it sounds intimidating, just go for all the different forms. They have jewel yams, golden yams, they have Japanese yams, they have a ton. Don't forget about your squashes. People don't eat enough squash, butternut squash, acorn, pumpkin, etc. All the beans and lentils that we mentioned, any of them actually. Now, there's a little tip i do tell my patients in the first visit i tell them to go for sprouted because if you get them sprouted then you can transition easily Easier to eating those foods without any gastric distress. Yeah, I have,
0: a, I have a friend who showed me how to sprout mung beans. Oh wow! And then she showed me how to cook them really good. So that's when great. some of my patients they'll complain about the gas in the beans, and I tell them that if you're going to make like a like a chili or something like that, just mash them, mash the beans. It releases yes. the gas. Make a hummus from them. You don't have to make hummus just from garbanzo beans, chickpeas. That's right. You can make hummus from just about any beans, and it's great because you're mashing them anyway, and that's going to help with the gas. A little bit
1: yes and, and we just tell our patients to do about a about two tablespoons a day until they transition off of the gas effects so if they do get gassy so about about a week or so having a tablespoon per day would be fine and last tip is um we tell them the smaller the better so if you start with a small bean it's less likely to give you that gas effect so by telling you people if you eat more starches you will see a huge change in your bowel health and you'll get slimmer contradictory to the you know, carbs are bad not these types of resistant starches so a couple last foods are plantains, green peas, the potatoes, like Dr. Laura said, with the skin, please. And don't forget your fruits and veggies and your seeds. And a couple whole grains, such as black and wild rices, oats, quinoa, buckwheat, millet, kind of like the ancient grains, they call them. Those are very powerful prebiotics as well. So
0: That sounds like a great list. We have to write a blog about this. So stay tuned yes. for the blog. All right. Um, So those are your go-to things. And those are definitely my top three things. But to that, I would add other nutrients like the importance of vitamin D. So Rich suggested doing a nutrient panel, definitely looking at vitamin D. Vitamin D is usually thought... be most useful for bone health which is totally true Mm -hmm. but vitamin d is so critical for your immune system and your digestive health so get your vitamin d levels checked and if you're if you're low on vitamin d which 90 percent of most people are then you definitely need to add that to your repertoire i'm all about omega-3 fatty acids Mm -hmm. because it's a healthy fat that has a wealth of data to show how it lowers inflammation. There's a lot of inflammation going on in your gut because you spent your probably your entire lifetime eating foods that don't feed the good bacteria in your gut. when you're just feeding the pathogenic or the bad bacteria, or maybe, you're feeding yeast, Mm -hmm. right? That lends itself to lots of inflammation. You wanna alleviate that inflammation with omega-3 fatty acids such as DHA and EPA, which have been proven clinically to be super anti-inflammatory, which is why every major pharmaceutical company right at this moment Mm -hmm. is working on their own version of omega-3 fatty acid analogs. Um, Something that I also do is I also might think about a digestion aid. So before I get into that, Rich, tell us where you stand on like, you know, enzymatic assistance or uh, adjusting the pH of the stomach. Uh, which is where the bulk of proteins are digested. Like, mm-hmm. Do you get into that at I all in your I practice? Never,
1: no, good question. I don't mess with the pH of the person's stomach, the individual stomach, but I help it to go back to homeostasis or to norm um, by getting proper hydration. Because guess what? Your lining of your stomach is made out of baking soda or sodium bicarbonate to be exact. And if you're not hydrated before you eat the meal, then your stomach is not going to produce enough acid to even digest that food because your body's insanely intelligent and knows that the stomach lining is not properly hydrated so it's not going to produce as much acid because it doesn't want to erode your stomach so or get gastritis or a hole in the stomach which would be an ulcer your stomach acid is so acidic it can burn a hole through wood so right that is true so serious so if you're not hydrated before you eat your meal you're going to have a worse time having the proper pH of the stomach acid to break down that food.
0: You know, there's such so. a misunderstanding around pH. I mean, people need yes. to, you know, people are so fixated on alkaline, alkaline, yes. alkaline, and that is true. Your body is a neutral pH, but your stomach needs to be a low pH yes. so So that you can digest the proteins in the foods that you're eating. And I do find that my older patients, you know, the elderly are a category of patient population that just tend not to produce enough acid. So sometimes they may need a digestion aid, I use something called MetaGest. Um, for my patients that are hugely sensitive to gluten, that have a problem with gluten digestion. I have a digestion aid that is specifically to help with the digestion of gluten. Gluten is a protein, not a Mm -hmm. carbohydrate. If you're one of my students, I will take extra points off your exam (laughs) if you tell me that gluten is a a carbohydrate, (laughs) it's a protein. Or there are some other enzymes that will help you digest fats. Uh, They're called lipotropic agents and other enzymes to help you uh, with protein. So that needs to be vetted, Uh, need to ask lots of probing questions, but Mm -hmm. Rich is definitely right. You would not need any of those aids to begin with if you're eating the right food and fully hydrated. True. Um, So while we're on this topic of foods, right, so let's talk about what happens when you're not feeding the good bacteria the food it likes. So what are some of the consequences of just constantly eating sugar and processed carbs?
1: So yeah, this is a fact, people. So when you eat processed refined carbs, such as your regular pastas and your cereals and your granolas and your uh, baguettes in the morning, your hoagies, whatever it may be, when you eat that stuff consistently and your sweets, it actually does feed an opportunistic bug. So these are bugs that live inside of you that become have an opportunity to overgrow and cause a problem. Many people have had yeast infections or candida is a particular type of yeast that grows inside of you so when you feed those kind of foods to your gut guess what the good guys start to starve off because what do you, you're not giving them that fiber that they want so guess who starts eating the other stuff the candida the yeast so it's pretty scary because when that overgrows they are kind of like a bunch of bad guys that are outnumbering all the good guys so they start to run amuck in your gut and they, they they rob your nutrition from you so most people that these are the tall tall tell, uh, tell, tell Telltale signs. <laughs> yeah, I can never say that right. Um, people will notice that they feel fatigued and they have brain fog, muscle pain, even though they're not even exercising. Or if you do exercise, it's going to take you a lot longer to recover. Um, you're going to have weird uh, bowel movements, irregular. Sometimes you'll see remains of food in the bowel movement. Sometimes there'll be um, fat malabsorptions where you see your stool actually kind of floating and uh, it's kind of like a couple of F words, but frothy, faulty, and floating how you know you're having fat malabsorption. Oh, say so, that again,
0: foamy, frothing. Foamy,
1: frothy, almost like, it's kind of gross, but foamy, frothy, floating, and there's a fourth F that has to do with fat malabsorption. It will probably come back to me at the end.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right, but you know, for me, so, so what really kills the yeast, and that's some herbs. So I really yes. kind of want to talk about the importance of herbs. Um, So when I suspect a yeast infection, I prescribe something called candibactin, either an herb called berberine or just a, you know, simple oregano, a mixture of, you know, essential oils of oregano and rosemary, things like that. Um, Herbs are really good for you because herbs prevent the growth of bad bacteria so how do you incorporate herbs into your patients diets
1: we use different uh various formulas from different companies i love uh Mm biocidin they've been around for a very long time and they have an insane mixture of um, wormwood and berberine and oil of oregano and ginger and garlic and all these really cool natural made by the planet uh, antibiotics that do not wipe everything out like a pharmaceutical antibiotic so you're allowed to still support your good gut ecology at the same time but I do tell my patients to try to, because there are studies showing that um, the diversity of their bugs is more important than just going in there and killing everything right away. So if you can increase your microbial diversity, I always do the metaphor for my patients, which they always understand, is that you compare it to like the, uh, our defense system. You have the, you know, you got the Marines, you got the Army, Navy SEALs, et cetera. If you increase amount of those and the bad guys, the terrorists or whoever the criminals are, they're not going to be able to f- stand a chance. So I try to increase my patients microbial diversity first along with some herbs to kill these select selectively these bad guys all right like so just
0: remember that the importance of herbs because when you're not getting enough herbs in your diet yes and actually if you come to eagle rock nutrition we host lots of cooking classes that show you how to incorporate herbs into your meal planning as a mm-hmm. matter of fact right at this moment i have my chef sitting outside in the waiting room oh. <laughs> right <laughs> uh, chef nadia who will show you how to cook with herbs because if you're not yes. killing the bad bacteria in your colon, your large intestine, what could possibly happen, Rich, if the bad bacteria enter your small intestine?
1: Yeah, so this happens. These bad bugs start to grow as an opportunity, again opportunistic, they start to swim up to the top where your small intestine lies and then it causes something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO, or SIBO, however you want to pronounce it. When that happens then it becomes a real nightmare because everything you eat makes you bloat afterwards. And it's very similar to gluten intolerance. So people think it's a gluten problem and not realizing that they, that was, that happened like weeks ago or months ago or years ago, just from the damage that they did. So there are ways to test for that. Um, But with that, yeah, you can use uh, things like hydrogen breath testing. Um, You can do stool panels. Um, I've never personally did a SIBO test individual. I would send them to a functional medicine gastro for that, gastroenterologist, but we do have the opportunities to use that too. Yeah, and I have plenty uh, of
0: patients that bring me the results of their SIBO tests, so that's really great. Uh, awesome. And then those doctors send their patients to me so that I can fix them up there after you go. they have a confirmed diagnosis. So, so we're going to end this podcast on SIBO, but I think that we really covered a lot of really good bases, Rich. So yes. uh, if, if, I, if any of these listeners today have any questions for either of us, you can contact Dr. Laura at www.eaglerock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. You can find me on my website and also uh, follow me at um, Facebook and Twitter. So the Facebook page is Eagle Rock Nutrition. The Twitter account is at Eagle Rock. And I also, like Rich, have an Instagram. So, Rich, why don't you tell the listeners where they can contact you? Yes,
1: the absolute best way, because I check it daily, is my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account. And, again, it's at The Weekly Detox, all one word. Again, The Weekly Detox, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you all for listening. Thank you for
1: having me, Dr. Laura.
0: All right, you can find us here next time at Eat Right with Laura.